Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand today? I wonder if you can put your hands together and just thank God. Hallelujah. Come on, if you know you're washed in the blood, if you know you're forgiven today, amen. Amen. God is good. You may be seated today. Thank you so much for coming into the house of God, amen, today in church, as we call it. And uh, those of you joining us online, we just want to say hey, and uh, thank you so much for joining us, however you're joining us and whoever you're joining us with. We just wanted to say a big God bless you. And so I have just a, just a, just a word in my heart today, uh, and uh, I don't know how this is going to come out, but as we're going through the growth track class, um, we really talked about spiritual gifts and your design. And, and uh, I want to just share with you today about your purpose and your design. I think it's so important to talk about our purpose in life. How many know that's still a major, major question is who is God and why am I here? Anybody? How many have ever met, you know, you've asked God that? Why am I here? What am I doing here? You've asked that question in your life. Anybody? Me? Okay. Well, I'm a little weird, but uh, I know you guys have done that. So in the Bible, it speaks of in Jeremiah chapter 1, if you'll just turn in your Bible. We're going to go through two scriptures, a lot of scriptures today, but two scriptures right off the bat. I usually just do one, pray, but we're going to do two. And in Jeremiah chapter 1, I love this particular chapter. Jeremiah was 16 years old when God visited him. And had an encounter with God. And this is what God is saying to a 16-year-old kid. And the Bible says in chapter 1, or verse 5 in Jeremiah, he said this, he said, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, or you were born, I sanctified you and ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Turn over with me to 2 Timothy. In 2 Timothy chapter 1. Or click over in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. He's talking about Jesus and what Jesus has done and who Jesus is. And he said, Jesus has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Jesus Christ before the world began. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity to come together and encourage one another. Lord, in times when there's a lot of fear, there's uncertainty, there's anger, there's a lot of upheaval, Lord, I thank you for a place of safety. I thank you for a place of calm in the storm where we can come and we can uh, rediscover our anchor, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we can be encouraged by one another. We can be edified so that we can uh, really recharge our batteries for the next week. I thank you for this opportunity. I pray that something we share today will touch the hearts of those that are here in this room and watching us online. We give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said? Amen. God told Jeremiah at 16 years old, before you were born, I knew you. Before you were born, I had a purpose for you. I had a destiny for you before you were ever conceived, before you were ever thought of. And we believe that life is at conception. And he said, even before you were, when you were being formed in your mother's womb, he said, I knew who you were. And in Isaiah's uh, book, it says, I knew your name. I knew you by name. How many know God knows you? Anybody? Come on, God knows you. But let me just say this right off the bat. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. So many people don't know what to do in life. They don't know where to go in life. So they search for it over here and they search for it over there in this relationship and that relationship because they don't know who they are. Amen. 
and so they don't know what to do. I don't know about you, but I believe and I'm convinced that the devil understands the power of purpose in your life. From the very start, he knew, amen, the purpose of God, the power of the purpose of God way back in the garden. He was the one that interfered with the purpose of God in Adam and Eve's life. And he was the one that knew the power and potential that they had in God. So many times we don't know. So many times we don't understand. But how many know our adversary knows that when you get a hold of the purpose of God for your life and the destiny that God has for you, he's in big trouble. Come on, somebody. Anybody? I'm going to talk about purpose, so you might as well say amen anyways. So, amen. But he knows that, and he understands that. He understands what, at the very beginning, God knew you. and the very beginning, God loved you. And at the very beginning, God pursued you. And how many believe that God still knows you? God still loves you. God still is pursuing you, a relationship with you, amen, on a daily basis. I thank the Lord for that. I'm here because God pursued me when I wasn't pursuing him. Amen. And my worship now is a response to that. My seeking the Lord is a response to His pursuing me. I want to thank the Lord for that. I had a really unique encounter this week. We're just kind of getting a haircut and just kind of there. And, and uh, you know, as how many know, there's people, other people there. And they, one person is always a talker. I mean, how many know that? You always have somebody that's telling the whole life story in about five minutes, right? Talk, 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 talk. And this guy was just talking. And he was, I mean, I thought to myself, man, this guy knows everything about everything. And uh, he just was talking, and, you know, he was kind of loud, and, you know, and everything. And, and uh, he was there waiting for people to get their hair cut. And so I was in the chair, and, and I just began to little small talk with the lady that was cutting my hair there. And so he walked over, and he just starts yapping. He just starts talking. And I didn't invite him over. He just starts talking. And, and it might even interrupted me in my sentence, you know, and he just starts telling me. And he said, you know, I, even, I shouldn't be here today. I, I shouldn't even been walking. I shouldn't even be alive today. And so he begins to tell his story, and, he, and uh, I, I guess before, because of his previous uh, language that he was using, that he really didn't know too much about grace and truth and the love of Jesus. But anyways, so, you know, he starts saying, I, I just shouldn't be here. And he said, uh, you know, a tree that was bigger than you can put your arms around. Uh, he was cutting a tree down, and something happened. There was a mistake. The accident happened. He tried to run away, but the tree collapsed and fell on him. I mean, it's just a huge tree. I don't know what it did, but one, one of the cables snapped, and he was, I, I don't know, but he, and, in the, and so he's just telling the story. He said that he felt like his body just snapped right in half, and all his, from his shoulders all the way down to his hands, his wrists were completely crushed. He couldn't even push himself up. And so he was telling all the things that happened, and, and then his spleen went over here, and his, his, you know, his liver was over here, and this happened, and he was rushed to the hospital, and uh, he's got a little brace on his, uh, uh, you know, his wrist, and he's telling the story, and he begins to say, and you know something that was really interesting about the story? This wasn't a year ago. This was last month. This was last month, and this guy's walking around. He doesn't have a cane or crutches or anything, and he's just got a little brace on, and he's like, I shouldn't even be here. So, and then he's telling a story and everything. And one of the things that was unique and he said about the story is he said, you know, the night before it happened, he said, I woke up out of a sound sleep and I just didn't feel right. And he said, I, I thought about it and thought about it. And he said, so I just threw up a prayer and I prayed for my family. And so as he's telling the story, I got out of the chair and before I left, I said, buddy, I'm going to tell you something right now. You got some kind of connection that I need to know about. I said, I, it sounds like that you, you've got some inroad to God that your family needs to hear about. 
I said, for you to pray that prayer the night before an accident, and now you're standing here in front of me just a month after this happened. I said, I don't know about you, but if I was you, I'd find out real hard why God saved my life. I'd try to discover my purpose in this life. That's what I told him. And I said, you keep sharing your story. That's powerful. Amen. How many know God has called us before we even knew him? God's got a purpose for us. God's got a plan for us. Some of you shouldn't even be here today. Some, some of you shouldn't even walking today. You shouldn't be talking today. Amen. Come on. Because things have happened in your life. You shouldn't be here. But God's got a purpose for you. God's got a destiny for you. And I don't know about you, but I think that, amen, this generation needs to hear that God loves them. God knows them. God pursues them. And he wants a relationship with them because they've got things to, to do in God. Amen. That they've got a purpose for them. Too many people are committing suicide because they don't feel value. Because they don't think they have a purpose. And they don't know what to do in life. And they don't see any way out. Just a couple of weeks ago, there was a, a guy that committed suicide right across the street here and overdosed. And I, I have to imagine that he thought that that was the only way out for him. But how many know Jesus Christ makes a way out? Amen. Jesus says, I love you and I've got a purpose for you. There's another way, amen, that you can go besides that way. Amen. See, God places value on you. We've got to understand this, and God puts value on you. And how do I know that? Because when Jesus proved this, when he died on the cross, he proved your worth when he died on the cross for you. Can you say amen? Why? Because the Bible says he bought us back, and it cost him his life. It was expensive for, for God to buy us back. Amen. God said, I want that, and whatever I have to spend to get it, I'm going to get it. Amen. And that was you and I. And so the Lord put value on our lives. And so we see from the very beginning that God had a purpose, but God had a design. The Bible says that we were uh, designed for a few things, that God's intention for us. Amen. His design was to worship Him. Amen. To live for Him, right? To do His will. To glorify His name in the earth. That's what the Bible says. In Genesis chapter 1, if you go all the way back, you'll see in verse 26 and 27, the Bible says that let us make man in our own image and in our likeness. And the Bible says that he'll rule over the fish and he'll rule over the birds and the livestock and the animals and all the creepy creatures on the ground, the Bible says. And so God said that he's going to make man in his own image. And so he made male and female in the image of God. From the very beginning, our design was for God's intentions. Come on, God's will to be done. God's uh, you know, glory to be seen on us. That's why God made us. And so from the very beginning, as you go back to the beginning, you'll see that your design, amen, was God's intention. All along, amen, God said, I want you to worship me. How many know God wants to be worshipped? Come on, he's God. He's got a bit of an attitude. He thinks he needs to be worshipped. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to let him think that way. I'm going to give him the glory that he deserves. I'm going to give my life as a praise, my life as a sacrifice to him because of what he did for me. Because he showed me at Calvary how much he loves me. He showed me how valuable I am to him. I didn't need a substance to be put in my body and give me a false sense of hope and a false sense of worth. Jesus Christ showed me that I'm worth. Amen. Come on. Amen. When he died on the cross for me. And I love this story and I love this account as Jeremiah at 16 has this encounter with God. It shows us something very powerful that God knew you and he called you before you knew him. God knew you before you knew him. That's a, I can't, that blows my mind. 
That blows my mind. In John 15, Jesus said this. He said, you did not choose me. I what? I chose you. You didn't choose me. In fact, the Bible says in Romans that while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. Aren't you glad for that? How many lift their hand to heaven and say, thank you, Lord, for that? Amen. Jesus said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And I chose you not to just sit here and waste space and take up space and breathe air. I called you to bear forth fruit. I ordained you. I called you. My purpose for you is amazing. Amen. That whatever you do, it's going to last forever. That's pretty good, isn't it? I like that. And then in Ephesians, Paul echoes this and he says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. I like this. Check this out. For which God prepared beforehand, beforehand, before we knew Him, before we were born, God had created good works for us so that we should walk in them. And so now it's our, up to us and follow the Holy Spirit who leads us into these, amen, this purpose that God has for us, this will of God for our lives. See, the bad news is that sin altered and interfered with your design and your makeup. Have a know what I'm talking about. Your design was shaped by sin. Your makeup was shaped by society. It, it was shaped by your family, your experiences. But how many know the good news is salvation has a way. When Jesus died on the cross, He renews everything. He makes all things new. You rediscover your purpose in God. You know why now I was created. I wasn't created to be an object of somebody else's desire. I was created to worship Him. Come on, somebody. I wasn't designed to put chemicals in my body. I was designed to worship Him. Amen. Is that right? Amen. You realize this. That, that's the good news is. The good news is that you rediscover God's plan, His, His desire, His abilities that He has for you through Jesus Christ. Amen. And through Jesus, God renews your purpose and He restores your design. In fact, when Jesus ascended and He commanded us to pick up His mission... This is what happened for all humanity. He brought us full circle. Did you know that? He brought us full circle. What did we read in Genesis at the very beginning? I've called you in my image to do my will. And when Jesus died on the cross and he rose again and the Holy Spirit came and infused you with power, guess what? God brought you full circle. From the very beginning, God's original intent came to pass in your life. Everything that He meant for man to do, everything He created us to do, you came in line with that once again. Amen. You didn't skip a beat when you got saved. Amen. You came in line with the purpose of God. Amen. I'm so thankful for that. That's the good news. And we share that with people who need to hear that. And as we walk with the Lord, the Holy Spirit directs us and He, he kind of gives us that direction of that path to follow of how we should walk in that purpose and the plan of God for our life and the will of God for our lives. I'm so thankful for that today. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. But your purpose is so unique and I love talking about destiny and purpose. I love it because what happens is not only do we see God, how He values us, but then we understand that He invests in you and He makes you useful. I think there's no other great feeling that I can feel and sense in the Lord that I'm useful to Him. How I many know there's some people that just don't have any use for you, but God needs you? 
He wants to use you. He wants you around. In fact, the Bible says that, amen, what happens is, is that we come out from sin and come and separate ourselves to God. He, get, he not only makes us His Father, then He says, guess what? I'm going to live with you because I want to be around you. I want you to be around me. I want to hang out with you. I want to live with you. I want to dwell with you. In fact, I'm going to dwell with you so close, I'm going to come and live inside of you. Amen? And that's what He wants to do. He makes you useful. He makes you, amen, uh, not just give you purpose, but He makes you, amen, functionable. He makes you useful. He gives you tools and gifts, and He makes you useful. I'm so thankful for the, for the Lord to that. Amen. Hallelujah. But I want to just share with you three things, and I don't want you to forget this today. I want to make this clear about your purpose. Your purpose predates your conception. Your purpose predates your conception, as we read. The Bible says before you were formed, and as you were being formed, the Bible says God knew you. He's an amazing God. And then on top of that, he said, I don't just knew you, I called you. Isn't that awesome? Amen, I called you. So your purpose predates your conception. Your purpose has planned, was planned without your input. Did you know that? Your purpose was planned without your input. Amen. Come on, if you had input, you'd mess it up. But because God planned it, it's perfect. Because God planned your, your destiny, it's good. Amen. And so finally, the third thing I mean I want to give you is your purpose is filled with God's passion for you. Your purpose is filled with God's passion for you. And I love this scripture. And I, I love to quote this scripture, but in Psalms 139, verses 14 and 16, David said this, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, God. I know them full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Don't you know that God has a book of your life? Did you know that? God has a book of your life. And the moment of conception, he began to write chapter 1. Amen. He began to write in your book. You know what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians and also in the book of Revelation? That when we stand before the Lord, the books, plural, will open. Not the book. The books, plural, will open. The books. Why? Because God's writing books about your life. Is that right? Come on, the book of the Lamb, the Bible says, and then other books. What books? The books that David saw God writing every day. God, not one teardrop goes without God recording it. Not one hair on your head. Amen. Goes. I mean, God knows everything. He's writing it in His book about you. Come on, somebody. Amen. How many know God hasn't written one bad book yet? Amen. Every book He writes is a bestseller. Amen. Hallelujah. You can say amen on that one. Amen. But I love that about the Lord. And so when you know who you are, you know what to do. And I feel like we need to, in this hour, we've got to come into a place where we're living on purpose. And we're living for purpose. And we're living in purpose. Come on, we know the reason, amen, that why we're here. Because, listen, people are going to come and they're going to ask you. The Bible says we need to be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you of the hope that lies within you. We need to be ready to answer somebody, who is God? Why am I here? Amen? And not just say, well, you need to figure that out yourself. I think we have the answer on that one. Amen. The end game. The will of the Father. These are things that God reveals to us. Amen. And I believe that God's power is behind His purpose. 
God's power lies behind His purpose. When you get a hold of what God has for you, and I'm not just talking about someday and the sweet by and by, I'm talking about today, right now, this moment. When you get a hold of it, you, you kind of plug in to the power of God. Something begins to be infused in your heart. All of a sudden there's hope and there's faith when you begin to see. You can go through trials. You can go through trouble. You can go through struggles. In fact, you learn how to draw power from your pain because you know you have a purpose. In case you have noticed, I'm sharing with you some powerful points today on purpose. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I really believe that, that even in your purpose, even in your pain, there's purpose because we understand that. And we were created for His will. I wasn't created for my own will. I wasn't created for the will of somebody else. I was created for His will and His good pleasure and His purpose. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, he said that God had predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance along with His pleasure and His will. That was part of His plan the whole time is what Paul is saying. And so here's an important principle about what we're talking about today is discovering your purpose in God and your destiny that God has for you is not becoming a better version of yourself. It's not about what you want to become. Well, I, mean, I want to become a rock star. I want to become a movie star. I want to become rich. I want to become famous. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to use God's uh, word to really get me there. I'm going to use God's grace to get me there. I'm going to use God's peace. Come on, that's not what God has intended for you. Right? It's not about a better version of you. It's about conforming to His will so that you can do, do His purpose in the earth. It's about coming, cutting off the rough edges so you can fit into God's plan in your life. It's about making some choices and sacrifices of what you want to do to what He wants to do. So that He can be glorified and His purpose can be done in the earth. Come on somebody. It's not about fulfilling your dreams. It's about fulfilling His dreams. You know, God has a dream about your life. I mean, think about it. Before you were born, God had a dream and a vision, and He had an idea, and He had a concept, and He had a plan for you. I think it's important that we line up with that. That we say, Lord, I want what you want. If you intended something for me from the very beginning, then I think my life would be worth living if I lined up with that. I don't know about you, but how many spent a lifetime of misery, amen, outside of the will of God? Come on. Amen. If you're outside of the will of God, there's no night that's happy. There's no peaceful day. There's no restful time in your life because you can't find peace because you're outside of His will. How about you, but I love being in the center of God's will. And every once in a while, God will let me know you're right on point. You're right there. You're good. Amen. Stop freaking out. You're good. You're where you, uh, you're supposed to be. But Lord, there's all this trouble around me and I'm freaking out. But God says, it's all right. You're still in my will. You're still in my purpose. I'm in the middle of a storm in a boat, but it's okay. You're going to the other side. You're right where I want you. I don't want you running with that crew. I want you running with this crew. I don't want you over there. I want you here. And right now you might be sacrificing, but you're in the center of my will. How many know one day in the center of God's will is better than the thousand outside? Amen? Hallelujah. And so I believe that it's not about fulfilling our dreams. It's about what God wants us to do. And see, the Bible doesn't tell us that we're to aim low in life. Did you know that? The Bible doesn't say aim low. It says aim high. So the push that the Bible makes is not about the aim that we have, but it's about the, the push is against selfish ambition. 
That's what the Bible really teaches us that we need to avoid is selfish ambition because any ambition that's connected to what God is doing is good. How many know God needs your ambition? And some of you are kind of like dead fish just kind of floating around in the, this pool of purpose, but you need some ambition, amen. You need some passion, amen. Nothing wrong with that. We shared in the class today that when you get born again, God doesn't kill your desires. God doesn't kill your interests. He renews them. He restores your desires. Come on. Before you knew him, your desires were kind of selfish and messed up, weren't they? Got you in a lot of trouble. Your ambitions, your all these things kind of led you to a path of selfishness. But now that you're born again, God says, I'm going to renew those. I'm going to restore your ambition. Now I'm going to wake you up instead of the middle of the night looking for something to drink. I'm going to give you something to pray about. Amen. I'm going to renew your ambitions. Amen. I'm going to restore your desires. Amen. So ambition that's connected to what God is doing is always, always a good thing. Amen. And so we see this as the Bible says in Proverbs 19.21, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. It is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Amen. Quickly, let me share with you three things that I believe three, uh, the purpose, how purpose affects three realms. And I didn't know how to say that except that. And if you, if you get weirded out about it, I don't know. But I, this is the only way I could describe it. As I see, number one, an eternal purpose. How do we know there's an eternal purpose? Number two, I see a, what I call a lifetime purpose. And then there's a daily purpose. God shows this to us as we walk with Him. How many know that there's an eternal purpose that God has for you? Amen. Me and Brother Charles. Awesome. That's really great. Um, but Ephesians says this, and it says to, uh, as Paul was praying, he said, I'm praying for you. In Ephesians chapter 3, he says, and I want men to see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent or the reason or the purpose, that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he had purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. You're an eternal being. Did you know that? You're an eternal being. Did you know that? So in other words, right from the get-go, you're not just an eternal being, but everyone, everyone, everyone has an eternal purpose and everyone has an eternal destiny. Everyone. You're an eternal being. But how many know that I believe also, and I like that Brother Reinhard Bonnke said years ago, he said, Everyone is destined for heaven. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Shook up you a little bit. Amen. Well, not my neighbor. You don't know my relative. She's crazy. No, no. No, everyone is destined for heaven. Hell was not created for people. It was created for the devil and his angels. Amen. But because of what happened through sin, amen, it made a way for hell to receive people. But heaven is still open for the population, by the way. Amen. And that's our goal. We're here to populate heaven. Is that right? Amen. Because everyone is intended to make it to heaven. Now, do they? No. But the Bible says that we need a, that's why we are called and we have on this mission because we've got to make sure as many people as we can can get to heaven, that they fulfill the eternal purpose that Jesus Christ has given them through the cross. Amen. Everyone is destined for heaven and it's our job that they hear the message to know how to get there. It's up to them, but we've, we're, I mean, we've got to give them that message. Romans, Romans 10 uh, says, listen, if people aren't hearing and believing, it's up to us to tell them. 
The reason people don't believe in Jesus, they haven't heard about Him. And the reason people aren't hearing about Jesus because nobody's preaching about Him. Right? Come on. So how many know we're on a mission? Amen. We've got the same mission that Jesus had. Amen. Jesus was filled with the passion of God. At 12 years old, he told his parents, he said, Don't you understand? I'm on the Father's business. What were you doing at 12? Check that. I don't know. Think about it. Come on. At 12 years old, he was so passionate. He stood before Pilate and he said, This is the reason I came into the world was to give my life. He knew and is consumed with the passion uh, and the purpose of God. And someone said when he was on the cross, we were on his mind. Amen. Why? Because he had a purpose for us. He said, if I don't die, amen, they'll never know the eternal purpose that's in God for them. Amen. So you have an eternal purpose. In Matthew chapter 6, it gives us a really good picture of something. He says, this is how you're supposed to pray. But one of the secrets there, amen, is a secret that God has about eternity. An eternal purpose. He said this, we need to pray. Uh, Lord, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He said what? Let your will be done in heaven and earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Let your will be done. We want your purposes to be fulfilled, amen, in earth as it is in heaven. So in other words, the eternal meets the earthly. That's what happens. And so what happens is, is that there is a relationship and a partnership between that which is eternal and that which is earthly. What I mean, let me explain. What you decide today determines your tomorrow. Is that right? Anybody? Come on. So what you do on earth, how many know, affects eternity? Is that right? Why? And so there's a partnership there. And so why? Because God has made us eternal beings. And so when we make the right choice to be saved and follow Jesus and pursue His will, amen, we're lining up with the eternal purpose that God had for us before we were born. You have an eternal purpose. And that eternal purpose, the Bible says, just doesn't go away. It, it's always there, reserved in heaven. It's there. And we, it's, it's our job to make that choice to follow the Lord and ask for forgiveness and repent of our sins and be cleansed by the blood and follow after the purpose God has for us. I want to infuse you today with the hope of purpose. You've got a destiny. And some of you say, well, Brother Matt, I think I'm a little too old for that. I think that I've gone beyond that. Maybe you've lived a life that you, you, you think that maybe somehow God has passed you by and passed you over and you've missed that day of opportunity. I want you to know that at 80, Moses discovered the purpose God had for his life. He killed an Egyptian. He, he did a lot of things that a lot of us would say, man, he doesn't need to be in the Old Testament. But how many know, amen, when he met God, face to face, in that burning bush, God, He rediscovered His purpose. There was a renewed purpose. And some of you may have burnt some bridges and you might have did some damage, but I want got news for you today. God's renewing a purpose for you. Amen. God's saying, amen, I'm still rekindling something for you that I have destined for you to do before you were even born. Amen. Amen. Some of you need to just stop being so settled in what God has for you. You need to stop being so content in where you are. You need to say, God, there's more. God, there's more. As long as, amen, I have breath in my lung, as long as there's people walking the streets, there's more to do. There's more purpose to fulfill. As long as God is God, there's more purpose. Anybody? Amen. And then there's what I see, a lifetime purpose. And there's just my life is filled with pursuing what God has for me. The moment I was baptized in water, I came out of the water and said, God, I want to do whatever you want me to do. 
I mean, use me like a $5 bill. Just spend me anywhere you want me to. Just, just whatever, God, use me. I want to be a vessel. I want, I want you to use me. How many of you can lift your hand to heaven and say, I would just want God to use me? Amen. There's a lifetime purpose God has for you. And that's when we talked about it today. It's connecting with the gift that God's put in you. Hasn't been the same as your neighbor. I mean, this, the gift that God has given Lane, he hasn't given me. The gift that he gave uh, Jeff, he hasn't given me. It's all, but we need those gifts. And we need one another. Amen. In order for us to do God's will in the earth, we've got to work together. Amen. And, our, and pursue the gifts that God has given, the call that God has given, so that we can come together and do what God wants us to do in the earth. I know I'm talking fast, but does that make sense, right? Amen? It's a lifetime purpose. It's a lifetime purpose. And God uses your career. God uses your interests. God uses your hobbies. Amen? Sometimes even makes a ministry out of it because He wants to use it for His glory. Everything can be used for His glory if you'll submit it to Him early on in your life. Say, God, you know, I know that I love this and I love that. You know, how many know, some of you are here today... And you felt God call you to the ministry, but you were afraid to say yes because you thought you'd have to give up this, this, and this. And you ran from the call of God. You know God's calling you because you think He's going to make you give up your Friday nights. Amen? Don't run from the call of God. Embrace the call of God. Your life isn't complete until you do what God wants you to do. Your life isn't fulfilled until you say yes to the call and the purpose of God. Amen? I want what God wants. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, I want what God wants? I want what God wants. When I start wanting what God doesn't want, I start getting away from His purpose. When I start wanting what God wants for me, I get in line with His purpose. There's favor there. There's blessing there. Yeah, He loves me. That never leaves or changes. But there's a favor I begin to walk in. There's a blessing I begin to walk in. It goes all the way down into my marriage and my children and my business, our families. Right? Come on. And when I begin to walk in what God, God has for me, when I begin to want what God wants, amen? Because every time I'm in a situation, I realize this, and I'm just fulfilling my lifetime purpose with God. God wants something for me. How many can say God wants something for me? But God wants something from you as well. It's a give and take. It's just that relationship that we're in. God wants something for you, but He wants something from you. And so I have to say, Lord, not my will like Jesus did in the garden. Not my desires, not my dreams. I put them on a shelf. I put them in the, on the back burner. Not my will, but yours. That's what I want. I want what you have for me, God. If you want me to do this, I'm willing to lay that down. If you want me to pursue this, that's what I'll do at any cost. How many know it's better to answer the call of God than to deny and run from the call of God? Some of you are here today as a result of running from the call of God. And you paid a dear price for it. But how many know it's good to just run to the call of God? Run to what God has for you. Run to the destiny of God. Embrace what God has for you. Amen. And say, God, I give you what you want so I can have what you have. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we're conforming our lives to His will, to His word, and His way. And let me just give you a key before we wind this down. A key to discovering God's will for your life is it's knowing what God has done for you. As we talked about before, knowing what God has done for you and yielding to what God wants you to do. How many know it's, it's easy to, to say, oh, I, I know what God wants for you to do and you to do. But when you really say, God, what you, do you want me to do? Sometimes you've got to yield to that. You just need to submit and say, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Some of you are still afraid to say that. 
you, you know, you're, you just kind of don't want to take that step off that cliff. God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Because you know something? God hears those kind of prayers. Now, God hasn't answered your prayer about a Cadillac yet, but he does hear those prayers about that. Well, I don't understand that. God, you got that mixed up. Amen? God hears it when I pray stuff like, God, I want what you want. I want your will. God hears those prayers. Just like Jesus prayed it three times in the garden, some of you may have to pray it a few times and say, God, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Let your will be done in my family. Let your will be done. Is anybody listening? Let your will be done in, in, in this earth. Amen. I have an idea of how I want things, but God, your outcome is way better than what I can do. Amen. And so God does these things. And then the last one, we see a daily purpose. And I'm just going to mention this. Philippians 2.13 says, It is God who works in you both to will and to do His good pleasure. In other words, God is giving the, me the want to, the how to, of doing what He wants me to do. Aren't you glad for that? That He has patience in our lives. He's working with us on a daily basis. You know, every day God's got an assignment for you, I believe. If you'll seek Him for it. Now, you know, I know that can be taken out of context and everything. And, and some of you are going to be up till midnight. I didn't do what God wanted me to do today. Don't freak out. You know, let your stress level go down there. Amen. But, you know, God has assignments. God wants you to do things. And there's things, if you'll just pray before you go to the grocery store, go to the wherever you go and say, God, is there somebody here today that you have an assignment for me today? Is there somebody here today that you want me to talk to or pray with? How many know if you'll open up to the assignments of God, God will open you up. Amen. He'll open his assignments up. He'll open that folder up and say, oh, yeah, I've got some things for you to do today. Amen. Let's stand on our feet today. Amen. How many thankful for the purpose of God? Thankful for the design of God in your life. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, very familiar passage of Scripture. God spoke this when the children of Israel were in bondage. Of all the Scriptures and all the times to say this, God says it to them while they're in bondage. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. I don't know about you, but maybe parents, you need to tell your children that some, sometime in their life, they need to hear that from you. God has a plan for you. It's a plan for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. We saw, got some good pastor friends, and they're just amazing people. And every night, since their kids are little, they got four boys, and every, every night they pray with each one of them about their mate and, and their future and their job. And I believe that God's going to, amen, allow those kids to walk in the plan of God. Amen. Let's teach our kids that. Let's teach our kids that God has good things in store for them. Amen. But you know, I just want to just leave you with this, is that my purpose in life, my purpose in life really revolves around what God wants, and it should today. Maybe your purpose doesn't. Maybe your purpose revolves around what you want to do this week, or you, you, you want to get that boat, you want to do this, you want to get that promotion, you want to make this much money, you want to live in that neighborhood, you're you, you want to do this. Let your, let your life revolve around what God wants. Because only when we do that will we walk in true peace and true joy and true satisfaction. Can anybody say amen? See, whatever God put in me, however He has designed me, whatever gifts He gives me, it's for one reason, to please Him. That ultimately is what it's about. It's about pleasing Him. And some of you are here and you say, you know, I, I know I've gone through times in my life where I wasn't pleasing the Lord, what I was doing, what I was saying, who I was with, wasn't pleasing to God. But how many know God wants you to walk in the pleasure of God? 
He wants you to do what's pleasing to Him. So can we lift our hand to heaven today and say, God, I want to do what you want to do. I want to, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to do what you have. I, I want what you have. I want what you want. Lord, I want my will to be conformed to your will. Lord, I want to go your way, not my way. I, I live that selfish direction. I've gone that way. Those selfish motivations have been played out of my life and it just didn't work. Today, Lord, I'm coming to you and saying I want your purpose, your design. Lord, what you have for me to come to pass in my life. Lord, I want it in my marriage. I want it in my family, my children. I want it in my job. And Lord, I want it in every year in my life. But Lord, I want to walk in what you have for me today. Can we just keep our hands lifted and say, Lord, I want to step into the mission that you have for me today. I want to fulfill the mission of Jesus. I want to keep walking in the mission, amen, from the beginning of time that God had. Amen. The mission of Jesus was to glorify you in the earth. Help me, Lord, tell people about you. Give me opportunities to share my faith, tell my story, and encourage other Christians, Lord, in Jesus' name. I give you all the praise and all the glory for what you're doing in my life, what you're doing around me, and what you're doing in me, Lord, today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 God bless you. Shake somebody's hand or at least nod or something. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll see you. Have a blessed week in Jesus' name.